greetings to all the sincere learners i am pallavi tandon faculty of english at srn international school situated in jagatpura jaipur students today i will be summarizing poetry number no. 2 an elementary school classroom in a slum by steven spender of grade 12th english core before i proceed let me give you a brief introduction about steven spender Stephen Spender was a socialist and alive to the contemporary social and political problems. Stephen's early poetry is inspired mainly by protest against social injustice. This poem was written during the American Civil War and in this poem the poet presents his views on government, economics and elementary education. The poem is presenting a socialistic view of a capitalistic government that doesn't provide equal opportunities for all. There is also a shadow of war, class struggle and civil rights. Martin Luther's civil rights were causing an awareness in the society. Now let me tell you the theme. The poem is a scathing criticism of the utter neglect of children who are denied basic facilities of education and living. The poet criticizes the social injustice and the class inequality is prevailing in the society and calls for a holistic education for these deprived children. The only hope of survival for these children is good health and education and that can only save them from ignominy. So the poet wants equal opportunities, beauty of nature and joy of learning for these children. The authorities shouldn't adopt a pathetic attitude towards these children and ensure that whatever reforms are made in the field of education should reach them however the poem ends with a burst of color and light a sharp contrast to the bleak and dim atmosphere of the classroom in the beginning now let me tell you the summary of the poem in the first stanza that is the opening stanza poet provides a view of the classroom in a slum the condition of the children is very pathetic and heartrending far from the activity and celebrations of life the faces of these children are withered and faded like uproot beads surrounded by poverty and apathy of people they have no time and money to keep themselves clean they have unkempt hair and pale faces The tall girl looked physically and mentally exhausted her head is bent with the innumerable problems which are beyond her age a boy her classmate is as thin as paper and his eyes are greedy and scared like a rat's eyes he is underdeveloped due to malnutrition he has inherited deformity from his parents he is reciting his lessons from the back benches This boy has genetic disorder and is trapped in a physically twisted body. A sweet, young and bright child is seen at the back of the classroom. He is happy because he is dreaming of the squirrels and how they make room for themselves in the trunk of trees. He can be happy only in his dreams because the dull and unhygienic classroom cannot interest him. In the second stanza Stephen Spender describes the classrooms and its surroundings The walls of the classroom are of an unhealthy pale cream color 
On the walls, there is a list of the donations which people have given for these poor children. There is a picture of Shakespeare. It is ironical that these pictures are meaningless for these children who do not have access to literature nor have the donations ever reached them. There is another picture which shows blue sky, fragrant flowers and bells and domes that override the city. There is also an open-handed map which depicts a world that is far removed from the world of these children. For these children, the world is only what is outside the classroom window, which is dirty and dull and the world is not at all like the beautiful pictures on their classroom walls. Their future is uncertain and unclear like their surroundings. The poet wishes to state that all the pictures, the map, Shakespeare or the donations mean nothing for these deprived children. These are irrelevant for the kind of lives they are leading. This is scathing comment on the apathy of the privileged class. The world is limited to dark and depressive lanes covered with a polluted sky that looks like lead. No wonder the world of these poor and neglected children is far removed from the beauty and freshness of mountain tops, rivers or beauty of education. In the third stanza, the poet speaks about the effect of these pictures on the lives of these children, which happens to be negative. The poet questions the relevance of these pictures. Shakespeare is a symbol of education, but there is no education or civilization in their life. The map is a cause of frustration for them. Their world is not like the places on the map. They have never seen any ships or a beautiful sun. So all these pictures put together frustrate them and lure them towards evil ways. Living in their congested and stuffy holes, they turn clever and very slyly start making plans to steal or to take to other evil ways. So their future is doomed from being unclear to dark forever. Sitting on their dirty garbage heaps, these children are so starved that they look like skeletons. They have weak eyes and their spectacles are also made of cheap steel, repaired over and over again. The glasses of the spectacles are heavily scratched and look like broken bits of glass. Basically, these spectacles are second-hand and discarded by the rich. All their time is spent in these dark and dreary slums that compromise their world, their existence. So these maps and pictures should be removed from their classrooms because they are a disgrace for the civilized world. The poet is making a humanistic statement on behalf of these children that there is an urgent need to usher in reforms and do away with meaningless things. The last stanza is a clarion call, a wake-up call to bring reforms in the lives of these poor children. Otherwise, the results are bound to be disastrous. The poet says that the schools are poor and lack the basic infrastructure. They only spring to action when a governor, an inspector or a visitor comes to visit the school. So the poet requests the authorities to take a serious note of the problems of these children and ensure that their slums also become like the places shown on the map. 
Their lives are restricted to the views seen outside their windows. They are confused about their unhealthy world and their lives are sealed like the cemeteries or graves. Their lives are like being buried alive in a grave. So the poet appeals to the authorities to liberate these children. Otherwise, their misery will make them revolt. They should be taken out from their unhygienic world and exposed to the freshness and beauty of the world. They should enjoy the blue sky, run carefree on the golden sands. They should be exposed to the beauty of nature and the world of education. They should have free access to books. The poet means to say that the world of these poor children should be extended to golden sands, blue waves and clear blue sky and this will benefit them greatly. Sun means grace and light of God. If this happens, then these children will also have the power to make history. So the poet ends the poem on a positive note that if the lives of these people are ignited by the light of knowledge, then with the grace of God, they will also have the ability to write history. One can make history only if one can outshine others. According to the poet, those whose language has the warmth and power of the sun create history. Now, children, let me tell you the poetic devices used in this poetry. First, we have simile which is used and you know that in the lines like, like uh, uh, rootless weeds or uh, there is a phrase given like bottle bits on stones or like catacombs, or slums as big as dooms. These are some of the examples of simile which is used in this poetry. Then we have metaphor. Metaphor is also a kind of comparison and words like and as are not used. So some of the phrases like rat's eye, or father's nal disease, tree room, lead sky, these are some of the examples of metaphor which is used. In fact, you will find repetition also. There is a line which is given far, far from gusty waves. So where far, far is repeated, so it is repetition which is used in this poem. Students, I hope you must have understood the summary of the poem and the poetic device which is used. Listen to the podcast attentively. Stay blessed children. Thank you.